Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we fell silent and said, The Lord's will be done. Acts 21, verses 13 and 14. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another Legion of Michael, another Legion of Michael podcast. Thank you very much for being here, and let me uh, pop on over right now as I'm speaking the words into this microphone. I'm going to pop right over, and uh, I'm going to go to legionofmichael.com, and I'm going to click the Enroll Now button. And as I click the Enroll Now button, oh, I see that enrollment has closed. However, fear not. Fear not. You can put your name and email address in there and uh, submit that, and you will be informed when the next uh, class starts. And as I spoke of previously, uh, you can also click on the hyperlink. Uh, Yeah, that's fancy words, right? You can click the hyperlink that will take you directly to the redcircle.com page of Legion of Michael. Redcircle.com is is the format, it is the platform that we're using to send this message out to the entire world. Uh, And if you'd like to support this show, if you feel that you got some value from it, well, feel free to support us. And what I'm going to do right now, before we get into the lesson of the day, I want to share something with you guys. I want to share something about faith and the favor of God. Now, we as a family, uh, we needed to uh, to get another vehicle, and we knew that. We knew we were going to have to get another vehicle. We were down to one vehicle, and we needed to get another one. And we started looking, you know, my wife, Nancy, she started shopping around, going online, going to the want ads and classifieds and so forth. And we weren't really having very much luck here locally. Well, then we were blessed with another challenge. We were blessed with a second challenge. Our oldest daughter, her car had engine failure and had to be sold and scrapped. So we went from needing one car to needing two cars. That was a, a wonderful challenge that God presents. <laughs> like, you know, the, the whole when it rains, it pours. We're like, well, we needed another car, but now we need another two cars. So Nancy had the suggestion. She said, we're not really having very much luck here, and the pickings are kind of slim. So let's go over to Salt Lake City. So we did. We went over to Salt Lake City, spent some time with our grandkids, which is always a wonderful thing. But our primary purpose was to car shop. We went car shopping, and uh, Nancy had been, she'd been looking around, and she she found this one dealer that she thought was probably, you know, she found a car at this dealer. Seemed like a good deal. Seemed like something we were looking for. So we went there. We went to this dealership, only to find out that the car that they had advertised online was no longer available, wasn't there anymore. But since you're here... Let's show you some other stuff that you didn't necessarily want. Well, we didn't really get a very good feeling at that dealership. You know, Nancy said, I I think this is before we went. 
She said, I think this is the one. I, I feel like I'm, we're being led here. And we got there, and it wasn't what we anticipated. It wasn't what we thought it was going to be at all. We were a little bit disappointed. We're like, well, farts. Let's regroup. So we decided that uh, we had our, our baby granddaughter with us when we went car shopping, which is a wonderful thing to do. <laughs> we were going to meet the kids, the adult kids, and we're, we were going to meet the kids for dinner. And we were very close or relatively close to the restaurant. The kids are a little farther away. So Nancy said, well, while we're waiting for the kids, let's just sit here in the parking lot. She goes, I'll get my phone out and I'll start looking. I'll look for more stuff. And within minutes, uh, maybe two minutes, it it wasn't very long. She said, oh, look at this. It's a truck that's the same year, same model, same everything as our current truck. Now, the current truck we have, we really like, but we've had it for a while, and it's kind of high mileage, but but it's been good to us. It's been good to us. And she said, oh, this, this one right here, let's go take a look at it. So she said, well, let me text this guy. So there's, there's a little link in there. This was, this was a dealership, a small dealership. So she texted him, and he, he replied immediately, yep, the truck is available. Uh, I'll be here tomorrow. And this, by this time, it was Friday evening, and she, he said, I'll be here tomorrow from 10 to 2. You can come by and look at it. We're like, fantastic. So we made plans. Saturday morning comes and goes. Saturday morning comes. We're, we're going to go drive, and she gets a, a message from the guy. Hey, check engine light came on. I don't want you to even look at it until I have my mechanic check it and figure out what the issue is. Oh. And I said, well, that's Okay. And then we decided, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to go somewhere else? Are we going to hope for this one? What should we do? And we prayed on it, and I said, you know, let's just, Nancy had to be back to work at the ranch. You know, she cooks on the ranch. She had to be back to work on Monday morning. And I said, well, tell you what, I'll stay here. We had driven over together, obviously. I said, you take the, take the truck, drive back home, then you can go and cook for everybody on the ranch. And I said, I'll stay here. Uh, with Jared and the kids, and I'll go look at the truck on Monday, see what this guy has to say. So Monday comes and goes, and and we go and we look at the truck, and and Jared and I go down there. We test drive it, we drive it around, and uh, it seems you know it's it's not perfect. It's a used truck, but it's got a hundred thousand fewer miles on it than our current truck does, and it seems like it's going to be okay. So we, we, we deal, we do a little negotiation and the guy comes down some on the price. We do it out the, you know, how much out the door, that thing. And we get it. We make the, we make the deal. We, we get the truck and he says, okay, let me just, you know, do the paperwork and blah, 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 blah. We, we do everything. And, and, uh, and Jared says to him, he says, well, he goes, see if things work out, he said, uh, we're looking for another vehicle. I need a vehicle for my sister. We need to find a vehicle for my sister. And he's, and the guy says, well, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I mean, just, I don't want it. Need, we don't need anything fancy. We don't need anything special. I said, we just need a reliable vehicle to get them into a car, you know, to get her into a car. Into, and uh, he said, well, I just, actually, I just took a car in on trade this morning. He said, it, he said I could make you, I'll make you a good deal on it. I'm like, oh, okay, hang on a second. So he walks us around to the other side of the lot, and here is another car. 
that he literally, like he said, he had literally just taken it in. There was still uh, <laughs> McDonald's bags on the floor and stuff like that. They hadn't even they hadn't detailed it yet or anything. They hadn't done anything, he said. So we test drove that one. We test drove that vehicle. And it seemed to be okay. You know, it was an older vehicle, but it had relatively low miles. And, you know, I guess it was, just, it was, it was a car that was working, and that was what we were looking for. So we said, all right. So we made a deal. And he said, tell you what, I haven't had time to, to detail it or change the oil or anything. He goes, he goes leave it here, and I'll, I'll clean it out, detail it, change the oil, fluids, all that good stuff. And you can come back and get it. So we did. And, uh, of course, we were playing two, three men in a boat here where we had Paul as a driver, and now we had two vehicles that needed to get back to Salt, or from Salt Lake City to Wyoming. So we ended up having to play a little shuffle game where I came back, got another driver, went back, came back with the other car. Well, now, a week later, after praying and, and really asking God, send us where we need to go. Send us where we need to go. Now we're back. We've got two vehicles that we needed. We went from needing one to needing two. Now we have two. And I believe that was definitely the favor of God, and I believe God was working in our favor. And sometimes, but sometimes things don't work out immediately. It'd be easy if you said, God, hey, send me what I need right now. <laughs> because we were a little bit disappointed. You know, we, said, we thought we found this first. We thought we found a vehicle we wanted, and they're like, oh, that's not available anymore, but we'll show you something else. A little bait and switch there. Then we found the truck that uh, we thought we wanted, and he's like, oh, the check engine light's on. I'll have to check it. And it was something relatively simple. They, they replaced the plugs and coils, and uh, so it was, you know, a one-day fix. And uh, we had to wait. We had to have a little bit of patience. You know, we were hoping we would get, you know, get to Salt Lake City Thursday, go car shopping, get another car, drive it back. We're all good to go, but it didn't work out that way. took us a little extra time took us a little extra effort but and if you guys have ever you know car shop especially used car shopping you understand that it, it can be a nerve-wracking experience so i wanted to share that guys with you guys i wanted to just share my story with you but let's go ahead and get back to the main topic of the day talking about the apostle paul uh and the topic is the faith to follow where god leads us now in the intro uh Verses Acts 21, 13 to 14, uh, Paul is telling, hey, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm not uh, only ready to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And then they said, okay, you're right. The Lord's will be done. But what happened before that? What, what, was the, what happened right before that? Well, in uh, Acts 21, 10 through 12, and it says, after we, and this is the author of Acts, the, the Acts of the Apostles. You know that Acts is short for Acts of the Apostles, right? After we had been there several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own hands and feet and said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. So they're like, hey, God has warned us. He's like, bad things are going to happen to you in Jerusalem. Don't go. But Paul said to him, he said, I'm not afraid. 
I'm not afraid to go, and if that's what if that's what God wills, then that's what he wills. Paul's friends didn't want him to go to Jerusalem for fear that the Jews would arrest him and put him to death. However, Paul understood that God has plans that men cannot understand. Now, all the way back in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, another one by Solomon, one of the greats by Solomon. It's relatively short, but you should be reading Ecclesiastes. It says in uh, chapter 9, verse 1, For I have taken all this to my heart and explain it and explain it that righteous men, wise men, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. That's right. And it also says in the Bible that a man's footsteps are ordained by God. So what happened? Well, if you know your, your, your Bible, if you know the, the book of Acts, you'll know that Paul did indeed go to Jerusalem. He, he'd been traveling all around. He'd been ministering to the Gentiles. He'd been ministering to the Jews who were abroad uh, in other countries. So he goes back home. He goes back to Jerusalem where the Sanhedrin is and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the, those guys. You know, you remember them, the same ones that put Jesus to death? Yeah, those ones. He said, and due to the hatred of the Jews, Paul was, he was arrested, and he was charged, and they charged him with specious, you know, crap. Basically, they, they charged him. If you read the book of Acts, you're like, wow, they treated Paul just like they treated Christ. They, they came up with a bunch of, of bologna sausage, a bunch of false testimony. Because Paul had he had he had uh, cleansed himself, purified himself, and gone into the temple, and then they came there and they're like, he says this guy says not to 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 listen to the laws of Moses and not to circumcise ourselves and da 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 da. It's like okay, so they arrested him and they did exactly the the Jews being the cowards and, and this the the lying venomous people that they were, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They made accusations, but they didn't want to get their whole, their own hands dirty because you know the the Romans were in control of Jerusalem and the surrounding area. So what they do, they took him to the commander. And they're like, "Hey, this guy's a bad guy. You need to put him to death." And Paul said, uh, "Hey, before you go ahead and uh, and whip me and beat me and uh, and uh, interrogate me, uh, you might want to ask yourself: Are you allowed to?" beat and whip somebody who is a Roman citizen and, and before they have been charged. And they're like, oh, you're a Roman citizen? He's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am a Roman citizen. They're like, oh, well, we need to send you to the next guy. The commander's like, oh, I, I don't want to take responsibility for this guy. If I do something bad, I get in trouble. So I'm going to send him up the chain. Sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? So he sends him up the chain. He goes up the chain, and uh, he goes to the uh, the governor, the Roman governor of the province, and he's able to testify before him. And the Roman governor's like, ooh, kind of like Pontius Pilate. He's like, I don't find this guy guilty of anything worthy of death. But he kept him in prison, and he kept, you know, he put a centurion on him. He's like, okay, you follow this guy around. Let him go do stuff. Don't let him leave. 
So then it continued on for two years. You're like, wow, that's a long time to be on trial, I know. And uh, the original guy, the original guy, Felix, the governor, he, he returned to Rome and he was replaced by Festus. And so Festus, not the guy from the TV show, but a different Festus. He's like, all right, what's the story here? What's up with this, this guy who's, who's in prison here? And uh, he go, come, brings Paul in front of him. And he also brings the king, King Agrippa. So we've got a king. Not only do we have the Roman governor who is now having to listen to the words of Paul and witness the faith of Paul, now you have a king who also is going to question him and is going to be ministered to by him. And they're like, well, you know, come on, man. You know, just go ahead and confess or whatever. (laughs) So Paul says, I request a hearing before Caesar. Oh, man. And this guy's, they're like, so now we went from the commander to the governor, and the governor's like, oh, I, well, we got to send this guy to Caesar. So what happens? You guys know, remember, so they're like, okay, he says, okay, so now Paul has testified not only before the commander of the local commander of the Romans, now he's testified before the governor, two different, two separate governors and a king and his, and his queen, his wife, and now after he's testified to them, he's shown them his faith and the strength of his faith. And all of them have said, hey, I don't know what these Jews are talking about. There's nothing, this guy did nothing wrong. He doesn't deserve death. Then what happens? They put him on a ship, and they send him to Rome. Now, there's a little detour. <laughs> if you know, uh, on their way to Rome, there was a storm. They're out there in the Mediterranean Sea, and bammo, there's a storm. And they ended up shipwrecking on the island of Malta. Now, while they're on the Isle of Malta, what they're able to do uh, is well, they're, they're taken in. Now, the, the locals, right when they first they get them, they, had to, they were, they were uh, stuck on a sandbar, and the, the guys said, hey, if you guys can swim, go ahead and swim for it. So they did. They get up on shore. They get up on shore, and the locals come out, and they're like, man, it's all, they're all cold and wet because there's been a storm, and it's been raining, and so on and so forth. And, and uh, Paul... He goes to gather some wood, some kindling for the fire, and a viper, a venomous snake, has been roused by the storm, it says, and it grabs, bites him on the hand, bammo. And the locals see this, and they're like, oh, this guy must be a murderer. He must be, because he was a prisoner of the Romans. Uh, this guy must be a murderer, and, and this is his payback. He's going to die from this snake bite. <laughs> But what does Paul do? He shakes it off. He shakes the viper off into the fire, and they watch him. They're like, okay, is this going to die? Is he going to die or what? No. And so now the people of Malta see him, and they're like, holy crap balls. This, we just watched this guy get bit by a venomous snake. Any of us would be dead by now. And this, this Christian, this, this man of God, this guy who's here to talk about Jesus of Nazareth, he just throws the viper into the fire. So while he's there, of course, they're stuck. Now they're stuck on Malta for a while. So the island of Malta, which is not very big, Paul gets to minister. He gets to minister to 
that not only the people of Malta, but the rulers. They take him before the ruler, and the I believe it's the governor of the. Uh, his father is is sick with fever. Paul goes in and lays his hand on him, prays for him. He's healed. So here we go. The people of Malta, and there is, if you look on a map, what's interesting is there is a place on Malta called St. Paul's Bay. Yes, thousands of years after the visit of Paul to the island of Malta, there is a, uh, a small an area of that island nation named after him. Would the people of Malta have had the gospel preached to them if Paul wouldn't have been shipwrecked there? I don't know. How long would it have taken? It might have taken a long time. So they, he leaves Malta, and he ends up going to Rome. And if you guys know the, the story of the Acts of the Apostles at the very end of the last chapter, so so now Paul is taken all the way to the capital city of the empire that at the time is running the the world, basically the civilized world, the Roman Empire. And Paul gets to stand before the rulers of Rome, before the Caesar, and to testify to them. And he stays there for years, and he ministers to, and he testifies to them. So what do we have here? Due to the hatred and the accusations and just the the, the horrible, the the bile and, and it's the lies that these Pharisees and Sadducees, these men in the Sanhedrin, they were so eaten up by their own hatred, their own jealousy, that they made up false accusations against Paul and arrested him. Now, Paul's friends had initially said, going back, they're like, hey, please don't go to Jerusalem. We can't lose you. We don't want, we don't want to risk it. We know these men are bad men. We don't want to risk it. And he's like, no, I'm going to go. So he goes and through the hand of God, Paul is able to testify not only to, to higher leaders of government, he's able to testify to men in power, men who can make decisions. Not only that, but tens of thousands of people who otherwise would not have had the gospel taught to them. All because why? All because he was willing to follow where God was leading him. He didn't know what was going to happen. He had no idea. He, for all he knew, they were going to go ahead and arrest him, and and there was a plot to murder him. The Jews had taken, 40 Jews got together, and they said, we will neither eat nor drink until Paul is dead. They took a vow to ambush and murder him. Now, I wonder, did those guys break down and uh, go ahead and have a snack and uh, eat and take a drink? Because they didn't get their wish. He was, it was years later, it was a long time before Paul died. So I'm wondering, did those guys uh, who took that vow to not eat or drink until Paul was dead, did they, did they break down and eat or drink, or did they all die of starvation? I don't know. I don't know. But ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it's difficult. Often it is difficult for us because we as men and women, we as people, as humans, we can't see the future. We don't know what the future has in store for us. Solomon says, man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. But we do know that our steps are ordained by God and that we are children of God and that he does have a plan for us. But we need to have the faith to allow him to lead us 
where we need to go. Sometimes that might make us uncomfortable. There, We get comfortable where we are, don't we? We get comfortable in our situation, whether we're, you know, we're our home situation or where we live. We're like, I'm really super comfortable here. And then God starts, and we get that little poke. He's like, hey, I need you to go over here. And we're like, oh, kind of like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his, what's <laughs> Jonah? I was going to say Jehovah, not Jehovah. Like Jonah. Jonah was comfortable. God says, hey, go to Nineveh, preach to those people. He's like, can I do something else instead? I'd really rather not. I'd really rather not go over there. And God's like, no, actually, I need you to go to Nineveh, and I need you to preach to those people. And he's like, I'm going to get on this boat, and I'm going to go a different direction. And (laughs) he's like, nope. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes... You know, following that advice, following faith, following where God leads us can lead us to discomfort. We might be comfortable in our own little world. And God sometimes God says, I need you to be uncomfortable. I'm going to make you uncomfortable for a little while, but fear not, this discomfort will be for the best because I am your father and I love you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today's Leisure to Michael. Thank you very much for joining us. I truly appreciate you being there with us. And as always, we're going to close with the warrior's prayer. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and the skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.